This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. The first hour had Mike Haynes, Hall of Famer. On the show, uh, talking all things Hall of Fame, talking about Coach Flores, talking about Charles Woodson, talking about just what it is to be a Raider, what it is to be a Hall of Famer, all that good stuff. If you missed that conversation, you want to go back and hear it, you can always hear everything we do here on the radio station on our website, lvsportsnetwork.com. Again, lvsportsnetwork.com. Coming up at 3.30, we're going to have B.D. Williams from SB Nation. He's going to join us. He, uh, he really breaks down film. He does a really good job of that, breaking it down and kind of explaining it from, a like, again, film point of view you uh, where you can understand what to expect what to see and we're going to start things off this week talking with BD about Gus Bradley's defense and what uh, we could expect to see from uh, from the defense and how he sets up these different players to maximize their efforts that's the number one goal so uh, BD Williams at 330 right now though uh, we're going to do here on the daily on unnecessary roughness I like to do a, a look around the NFL and just see what's going on there's been a lot of moving and shaking as a lot of teams are on the eve of reporting for training camp we call this cover three it's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And to start things off, and this really happened and broke during JT the Brick show, that's on noon to two here on Raider Nation Radio 920, it's all about Aaron Rodgers. And of course, a lot of the offseason's been about Aaron Rodgers and his his lack of desire to go back to Green Bay and play. And I don't know about you, DeMond, but from the very jump, I thought that, hey, Aaron Rodgers will be in Green Bay this year. He's under contract. And they're not going to trade him. I know there's been a lot of speculation, and folks, especially Raider fans, got all uh, hot and bothered and thought, oh, my gosh, he's going to be traded to the Denver Broncos. And what is that going to mean? Look, I'll tell you right now, if the Broncos were to trade for him, do you understand how much assets it would take to get an Aaron Rodgers from the Packers? You're, getting up, you're giving up half your team. To just to get the guy. So I, I, as I would know that that's an upgrade, a huge upgrade at the quarterback position for the Broncos, I wasn't really concerned about it because, again, I don't think that they were going to be willing to give up the whole team. But none of that even matters because the, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have basically, and they're not, it's not signed, sealed, and delivered, but it's very close to being agreed upon. Basically, this will be his last year with the team. And he alluded to this, him and Devontae Adams both alluded to this over the weekend, and... I guess for a guy like me who was a big Bulls fan growing up and, and then obviously last year when we had the pandemic, The Last Dance was one of the best shows. I thought one of the best shows, 10-part d- documentary. I was on the edge of my seat waiting to see it and I lived it. So it's not like it was anything surprising to me, but I was so excited to see The Last Dance. Over the weekend, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams both put out on Instagram and then I think it hit Twitter because I don't have Instagram, but I saw it on Twitter where they both had pictures of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen doing a fist bump. And if anyone knows, that demand is from where? The last dance, that Bulls team, the last dance. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, this is their the last dance. blaze of glory. Now, now, the thing about the last dance and the difference between the Bulls and the Packers, the Bulls were coming off a championship. 
The Packers ain't won a championship. You know what I mean? They they had that fourth down debacle last year if you want to go back to the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, they're going to make it run. They're going to make it happen one more time for the Green Bay Who's Packers. Who's Jerry Krause in this situation? Who's Aaron Rodgers so mad at? Do we actually He's mad know? at the whole organization. <laughs> He's mad at the whole organization. And honestly, it doesn't even really matter. Uh, you, can, you can understand why the organization has gone in the direction they have to prepare themselves for the future. By the way, they did that when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, when they had a guy named Brett Favre who was kind of good. <laughs> I mean, they did that before, so it's not like this should be a surprise. This is what happens. The NFL stands for not for long. Once you get once you get to that certain point, teams, smart teams, prepare for the future. That's what they do. Now, teams that aren't smart, they just kind of let you ride till the wheels fall off. Then when the wheels fall off, then they're left like, oh, what do we do now? So It's not about Jordan Love. He's already said that. It's about all these years of him being disrespected. I don't know how, but, you know, he's been so not getting a first Look, run- I'll <laughs> say this. <laughs> They haven't really put a ton of weapons around him, but they've put enough. He's had enough to win. I mean, he's he's had enough to win. Simple. Just I simple mean, as that. It's right because like the past <laughs> few years, that. they've been in the NFC Championship exactly. game. Exactly. And for one reason or the other, one year they get blown out, and last year they take an L. So it is what it is. So anyway, moving forward. Uh, Adam Schefter put out earlier today about this basically being the last year uh, uh, of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and, and that the Packers and, and, and Aaron Rodgers are working to complete a, a deal. So basically in 2022, I mean, just to cut all the BS and get through all the mud and all that other details and all that, 2022, Aaron Rodgers is going to have the opportunity to decide where he plays. They can't franchise tag him. They can't trade him. It's going to be basically we're playing this season out and then I'm a free agent. And that's the nuts and bolts of it. That's as just clean as cut as you can get to it. So Aaron Rodgers will be the biggest sought-after free agent in the NFL. And you'll hear every single team that may mm-hmm. be a little suspect at quarterback associated with Aaron Rodgers, including your Las Vegas Raiders. I'm thinking about the speculation right now. I'm thinking of every team that's like, if they go like 0-2, or if any team is just like, oh, any team mid- that doesn't middle, make the playoffs, we're middle of the pack. You know, right. We're in the Andrew, we're in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Exactly. Now. Any team that does make the playoffs and doesn't have a good showing, any team that's not the Chiefs, um, not the Chargers, not the 49ers because they went and drafted Trey Lance. I mean, and even then, even with them going to draft and Trey Lance, there's still a possibility because Aaron Rodgers ain't forever. It, it could just be like, hey, Trey, just sit back another year. You got man. one more year just, to just ride. Hang tight, man. Just exactly. hang tight. Exactly. So, again. Any team. Oh, you seven and nine. You know what we're missing. Right. You know what we're missing. Aaron Rodgers put us over the top. <laughs> and, and, but the thing about it is, the one thing I will say is with him being a free agent and you not having to give up assets for him, it's a different ball game. It's, it's, a, it's the Tom Brady situation. Tampa Bay didn't have to give up anything. All they had to do was sign him. That's what every team's going to say or every, every outlet you're going to hear. Well, Tampa Bay did it and they won a Super Bowl. So, that's going to be. That's what it's going to be. And Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady in my book. And they're gonna, and that's what's going to be said. And that's exactly what's going to be said. If he had Belichick, he'd have five rings too. Maybe. Oh man. Ooh. I mean, you're you're ready for Ooh, it. You're ready. You're like National Enquirer. You're already ready. I'm waiting for every team. <laughs> the Colts seven and ten. Carson Wentz. He can't get the job done. Right. Couldn't cut the mustard. Right. We need Aaron Rodgers. Right. That's what you're going to hear. That's what you're going to hear. I can make the rounds cross country if you need a guy to just come in and be that guy I'm for already, your local radio station. I know that you're a, I'll, make, I'll make the argument I for your team. I can tell that you're a wrestling guy because you are writing the wrestling narratives right now. You are writing the wrestling narrative. You're writing the John Cena comes running out the back to save the day narrative right now. Woo! After the long return. Oh, he's been <laughs> gone. You know, people said he went to Hollywood, but he said football is I'm here to stay. Oh, you know, that'd be a green Can day. I get a Ric Flair? Woo! 
Woo! Oh man, Dude. I'm not even a wrestling guy, and I know that. But I'm telling you, this—you're right. This story is writing itself. Yeah, it is. It is. It's going to write itself. So just prepare for that. I, I, I bring this to the table to tell you. Oh, he'd be the bad guy in Green Bay, though. Prepare for this. Oh, does he care? Listen here, all you cheeseheads. Everybody I never liked care. Green Bay. <laughs> I gave you the best years of my life. Oh, now you really are going all the way to WWE <laughs> on us. All I need is... But anyway. <laughs> I, and only because I'm an old school wrestling dude, like super old school. I don't know nothing about new school wrestling. I think you're going all the way like Mean Gene Okerman on us, or you're going all the way like Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man oh, yeah, on yeah, us. Yeah. That's what you're doing right now. Of course. Mean Gene passed away, huh? I just, I'm, I'm confirming. I, I'll look it up for you. You don't know? <laughs> no, I don't know what's happening in my head. Some wrestling fan you are. All right. I'm going to leave that alone. Let's get on to the next quarterback. So anyway, that's the Aaron Rodgers story. He's back. Devontae Adams is back. They'll probably both walk from Green Bay at the same time, even though I would be shocked if Green Bay doesn't try to franchise Devontae Adams because whatever the or whoever the quarterback's going to be needs a target. I would, if I'm them, I'd hold on to him. But, you know, that's for them to figure out for a year. How about Deshaun Watson? How about this story that all of a sudden pops up again and decides it's not going to go away? Over the weekend, it said that he was showing up for training camp. I thought, what in the world? How in the hell is that possible with everything he's got going on? He shows up for training camp, so he avoids the $50,000 fine that, that you have to pay now. You have to get fined. Teams can't say, oh, we'll just waive it. Now that you showed up to camp, we'll just waive it. He shows up for that. So, wait, what do you got going on here? You got Tarod Taylor? You got Deshaun Watson? You got Deshaun Watson and a lot of his mess. It's almost like he showed up to training camp and thought, hey, you know, business as usual. I'm here to play quarterback. And, and now the, the, the Texans say, oh, we're entertaining trade offers. It's a little late now, Jack. It's it's such a messy situation. I think from his standpoint, I don't think that he's thinking everything's as good as normal, like the heat's died down. I think maybe it was just like the opposite of Marshawn Lynch. I don't want to get, yeah, it's like I don't want to get fined, so I'll show up. I guess. I'll tell you right now, if I had as much heat on me as Deshaun Watson, I'm laying low somewhere. Do you ask Roger up? put me on the exempt list? <laughs> I don't know what you ask. I'm surprised he's not on the list anyway. He, he can't put himself on the list. And maybe maybe when training camp officially opens up, maybe maybe he puts him on there. But according to attorney Rusty Harden, he says that there's 10 criminal complaints pending right now against Deshaun Watson, including two from women who haven't even sued him. And apparently this is an effort to get the Texans to be more reasonable in their trade expectations. And if you want to know what their trade expectations are, how about this? And this is from Chris Mortensen on Twitter. Some combination of five high draft picks and starting caliber players per league sources. Five. Five high draft picks and players. Okay, but hear me out. I know this is gross, but let's say if you could get rid of him. Let's say if he even took like a year and a half. Even max two years off of football, okay. he pays his price if you know all the, all this is true. So let's say he's out. You still have him. What he's he'll be back. What twenty eight? And then let's say if you could have like twenty seven. You're planning out two years from now. I'm just saying somebody might be the okay. Let's say one season. You could if it's one season without Deshaun Watson. Do you would you take that risk that gamble and bring him back and say hey. We have you could say you could, me you, you could, uh, personally I wouldn't but I know there's an NFL team you're of absolutely course. right Why there's an NFL there team, team that will be like, hey, yeah there's a team we, that will we can uh, obviously we'll take the PR hit mm -hmm. but hey we can chalk this up as hey we traded for a quarterback that we thinks right a Hall of Famer you know are on that pace right and we just lose him for a year no no you're you're you're, you're not wrong I'm saying I wouldn't do it oh yeah I wouldn't touch if I'm if I'm Mike Mayock and I just use Mike Mayock because. It's, we're local. Okay, of course, of course. If I'm Mike Mayock or any other GM across the league, I'm not touching them until everything is clear, cut, done deal records. I don't want that on my helmet at all. 
But even even when it, even if it is like this is the type of nuclear, nuclear right. heat where it's like I'm th- I think we're good. You got to know the temperature of who you're dealing with too. You got to know where you're at, where if that's acceptable. I mean, I just I don't know. I I think there's so many elements that go into play here. It just seems like just him showing up and now the Texans are talking about trade possibilities. To me, I just it's just business as usual. Like, did we all forget that he's got a lot of stuff going on because nobody's talked about it? And we'll have John McClain, by the way, from the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us every Thursday at 2.30 here on Raider Nation Radio, Unnecessary Roughness. So he'll be the guy to be able to explain it and break it down even more. And by then, who knows where we'll be with this story, you know, because that's <laughs> three days from now. By then, it may have gone up the roller coaster hill, down the roller coaster hill. It may have gone off the tracks and jumped back on by that point. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a hell of a situation. So earlier today on uh, NFL Network, uh, Mike Garofalo and company, they were all talking about it. And, of course, NFL Network is all over all these training camps. Matter of fact, they're going to be in Henderson on Saturday uh, observing the Raiders. But uh, here was their thoughts on, uh, on what was going on with Deshaun Watson, the situation with him showing up to camp. The thought is that they're going to get Tyrod Taylor ready to be the starter for them. So how do you have Deshaun Watson there maybe taking backup reps? I mean, that, that's going to be the question for them. But, really, the onus is on them because it was on Watson whether to show up for training camp, and then before that, everybody thought it was on the league to determine, well, is he going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list? And as I told you last week, I did not anticipate that before the start of their training camp, because right now there are civil cases that are ongoing right now, and it's a lot of he said, she said, and there's no indication that criminal charges are imminent as well. So the league is sitting there saying, look, we're conducting our investigation, but we haven't reached any conclusions right now. We don't have reasonable uh, evidence or reason to believe that something occurred at this point. So we're not going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So now it's up to the player and the team to determine how they want to proceed. And really back to the legal stuff for a second here, because I think a lot of folks thought by this point, well, Deshaun Watson will just settle all these cases and make them go away. Well, I can tell you this. There are a lot of factors at play on that front, but one of them, I am told by sources in the know on this one, is that Watson does not want to have a non-disclosure agreement as part of the settlement. That's usually the case. When you come to a settlement, it's a non-disclosure agreement, and it applies usually to both parties. Watson wants to tell his story, because in his mind, he says, I've done nothing wrong, and these allegations that were brought against me in a public forum now, all of a sudden, they want their privacy on that end. No, I don't agree with it. I want to be able to tell my story as to what happened here. So that is a huge stumbling block right now, Andrew, when it comes to whether these cases are going to be settled. So there you go. It's a bold strategy. But I will say this. If he believes that he did nothing wrong and he's 100% innocent and he don't want to just take the L and move on and say, OK, well, this is one of those fights that I can't win and he's willing to fight it out. And, and, and talk it out and say, hey, this is, this is my side of the story. I ain't really mad at him. I'm not saying it's going to be a, it's a strategy that works. I've been known to be a little bullheaded to myself and not, you know, just, hey, Q, sometimes you just got to take an L. Even though you know you're not wrong, just take that L. I don't know. And I, take the L in silence. Just take it. Because, I mean, you could possibly win on the back end where everything kind of Goes away and you call it a day, but I respect the fact that he wants to tell his side of the story. I do. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to work out. You know, I'm glad, it's, I'm glad say, it's his story to tell, not mine. Fred Sanford used to say, "You big dummy! Like, come <laughs> on, man, what are you doing?" Again, I respect his ambition. I respect his thoughts. Again, I don't know if it's going to work out. Tell my side of the story. Oh my! Nobody wants to hear your side of the story, man. I would love to hear it. No, I would love to hear it. 
Because I don't know. I wasn't in the massage parlor. I don't know. I wasn't there when he was getting whatever he was getting. You know, because I feel like when it comes to like these sexual assaults. You wouldn't want to know the side of the story? Not really. Because <laughs> let's say if it's something else criminal, it was like 20 people accuse you of breaking in cars. Let me tell my side of the story about. No, man, I ain't well, trying maybe to. Maybe I was just misunderstood. Maybe, maybe you ain't breaking into every car. But I don't I don't want you around mine. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on. Moving on. That's Deshaun Watson and the, and the latest with him. How about this? This is a hell of a story, man. And I hate this. I remember when this actually happened. The Vikings waived six-round defensive tackle. He was picked in the sixth round this year, Jalen Twyman, with a non-football injury designation. You're probably wondering, why does that sound so familiar? My man was shot four times earlier this summer in Washington, D.C., He's going to go to the non-football injury list. He'll probably clear waivers and maybe end up back on their squad. But this dude is living his dream, and he's a he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and that happens. He gets shot four times in the offseason and doesn't have an opportunity to get into camp and do what he's got to do now. So now they waive him, and he's on the non-football injury list. And again, he'll probably end up back in Minnesota at some point. But you want to talk about dream come true, all of a sudden nightmare at the same time. You're having a great dream, and then right at the end of the dream, something terrible happens. Like, hey, everything's going smooth, smooth sailing. Then all of a sudden you get shot. Have you ever been shot in your dream? I've been shot at in my dream, but it's never hit me. It's never connected. It's, it'll, it's bad news when it connects. I wouldn't know because it's never connected. But you've never had that dream where all of a sudden like, you're, get, you're in the middle of getting shot? You never had that, Demond. I have, but the thing about the dream is because you, we don't know what's on the other side. You wake up. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it never connected, right? Yeah. Well, okay. If that's what you mean, yes. Yeah, so I guess I, I've been in that same situation. See, that's what I'm saying. But this is real life. It yeah, happened to him. It's even scary to think about the dream side. Dream wise. Exactly. I, I kind of wake up in a panic when that happens. This happened in my man's real life. Now they uh, did sign wide receiver Didi Westbrook. He's going to take that spot. And why? And, and Didi was a, a what, fourth round draft pick out of Oklahoma in 2017. Uh, played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a burner. He's a guy who can stretch the field. He's a small dude, but he's got some speed. Uh, he's always banged up. He has a lot of injuries. He's coming off a, a torn ACL, but really good good player when he's out there and available. So uh, he takes the, the spot of uh, Jalen Twyman, who, again, is on the non-football injury list because of the being shot four times. In Washington, D.C. Just awful, man. I hate that for him. I really, really do. You want to see all these guys have the opportunity to live out their dreams. My final note here for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day, uh, the NFL vaccination numbers. And I know people say, oh, gosh, why? I don't want to hear about that. Look. Don't make it political. It's not. The NFL is throwing <laughs> it out there. The NFL is throwing it out there. And they said, this is what it is. This is what it ain't. According to reports, the number of NFL players in the COVID-19 vaccination process has now reached 80%. And remember, it was very low about a week and a half ago before the ruling came out of what was going to happen. Now, all of a sudden, the NFL kind of dug their feet in the sand and said, look, this is what it's going to be, and it ain't going to be no other no options. And you never heard the NFLPA fight back. That's the one thing that you never saw. The NFLPA never fought back on any of the rulings, meaning they agreed to the terms. So the process now, the players, 80%. Nine teams have 90% or more of their players in that category. Remember, you only need that 85% threshold, so... Nine teams right now are at 90% or more. Sean McVay of the Rams came out and said his entire staff is vaccinated, as the Raiders' entire staff is, and he said that they're really close to getting 100% of their players vaccinated. So the Rams are good to go. We've talked about the the competitive uh, disadvantage for teams that aren't. 
you know, over that 85% threshold, the Rams, not worried about it because they are well over the 85% along with eight other teams across the league. And we don't know every team. Basically, we won't know the teams until they come out and say something. If, but if you're a player and you know you got, let's say one of your buddies is one of these guys like, man, I ain't getting that vaccination. Yeah. I think the biggest incentive would be if they cancel the game, bro, right. ain't it's, nobody getting paid. Right, and it's on you. So now your teammates going to be mad. Right. The people that you and got, everybody mad at you, bro. And that's why the NFL is, in a certain way, kind of strong-arming them. Without actually coming out and saying that we're strong-arming you, they're strong-arming I think that would be the biggest incentive. Like if they Absolutely. Because like, yeah, be like, everyone— so, so we're not getting paid? There's one thing, nobody? Demond, that you can—that it don't matter what you look like, what walk of life you come from. It don't matter what God you worship. You know, if you're gay, if you're straight, it don't matter. The one thing that everyone wants is the almighty dollar. Everyone wants to get paid. It don't matter who you are. It don't matter what your political beliefs are. Everyone believes in the greenbacks, right? Everyone of course. wants to get paid. So that's all I got for you for NFL News and Notes. I like to call it Cover 3. We do it on the daily. Coming up at 3.30, B.D. Williams. He'll break down some film talking about Gus Bradley's defense. But before we get to him, I want to throw this question out there, and I threw it out at the beginning of the show, 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. John Gruden, opening press conference starts tomorrow for training camp. If you had one question that you could ask him and it was guaranteed to be answered, what would it be? Again, 702-365-9200, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Visit SalmonAsh.com because you deserve what's right. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> what's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Big shout out to Tim Brown, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. He was competing in the Battle for Vegas softball charity softball event that took place at Las Vegas Ballpark on Saturday. Really good showing from uh, Tim Brown and the Raiders in general, man. The Raiders had a really good showing as they came away with the victory over the Golden Knights 25-16. Lots of fun there. And I think he did a little bit better, DeMond, on that on-the-spot drop than Marcus Allen did. First take, too, man. Like, man, what a pro. Nobody got it 100% right, though. We've got it. Yeah, we've not, got not it. 100%. But it was fluid. It was fluid. He, he, You know, touchdown Tim Brown was smooth. So shout out to him. Not mad at him at all for that. I did want to shout out real quick. One of the things I loved about Vegas before I ever became a resident here, one of the things I used to come down for summer all the time, stay at my mom's house and go to NBA Summer League. Now, my, my son's always played AAU ball out here as well, which is something that is no shock to anyone because <laughs> that's just it's the mecca of AAU ball. But NBA Summer League and uh, Raider Nation Radio, we have your tickets. It's going to take place August 8th through 17th at the Thomas & Mack Center and the Cox Pavilion. We have your tickets in, so you don't have to buy them. And if it ain't free, it ain't me. That's something that you're going to learn, Demond, that that's one of my catchphrases. If it ain't free, it ain't me. So I'm trying to hook everyone up. Right now, as a matter of fact, if you go to lvsportsnetwork.com and uh, click on the little NBA Summer Jam, you can get in to win a family four-pack of tickets, or you can continue to listen to the radio station. We'll be giving out pairs of tickets on the daily here and a bunch of them. NBA Summer League is something I'm excited about, and if you want to go, you can. Again, lvsportsnetwork.com. Click on uh, NBA Summer League and get registered today. Now, before we went to break, and we do have uh, B.D. Williams from SB Nation coming up in uh, uh, just a few minutes. Before we went to break, I threw out the question, with John Gruden having his opening training camp presser tomorrow, if you could ask one question to coach that was guaranteed to be answered, what would it be? 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and let's talk to Mitch in New Jersey. You're on the phone. What's up, my man? How you doing? 
How you doing? Good, man. Chilling. Hey, first of all, uh, does Aaron Rodgers think he's Jim Brown? Just walk <laughs> away. You know, the, I, I know the Jeopardy. He almost got it, but I think Robert Roberts did a little better job there. Okay. I mean, he's really, he's really uh, crying uh, poverty. I don't know, not crying poverty, but he's really sticking it to the Packers. Yeah. So he, after this year, they get nothing. The Packers are gonna. He's screwing. He's not. He, he's only screwing the good Packers. That, that's his goal. Yeah. No, um, you're you're right. He wants and, to win. And the, the thing about it is, is that I think you're going to start to see a lot of these high-profile players start to pull that power move that wouldn't have worked, you know, back in the day. But it, it works now because these players have so much say, which is something that we as fans have to get used to seeing. Yeah, but the other team doesn't get doesn't get anything. That's that's uh, that's really being uh, petty. Being pretty petty, pretty petty. If he wants to win, I, the best place to go is be uh, Tom Brady's backup quarterback. Um, I would ask John Gruden. Uh, great rotation we got. Um, I think we have two sets of rotations, and I'm um, well rested. We lead the league in sacks, I believe. I hope. Okay. I like it. I like it. Good stuff right there, Mitch. Appreciate you. And uh, uh, thanks for calling. And I, I realized that you were on hold for quite a while. I, I didn't realize that at first. I apologize for having you on hold so long, but I do appreciate your patience. And, man, I'll tell you what, Raider Nation would be thrilled. And that's actually a good question and a good statement because we have B.D. Williams coming up next where we're going to talk some Gus Bradley defense. But Raider Nation would be thrilled if they saw their team lead the league in sacks, something that they haven't done in many, many, many moons. Even when they had... I like to call Agent 52, you know, the sack master. When they had Khalil Mack, they weren't leading the league in sacks. But, boy, if they found a way to do that, Raider Nation would be doing backflips and uh, putting a shrine outside of Allegiant Stadium for Gus Bradley. But let's get into Gus Bradley's defense. And, and, and again, Mitch, we appreciate your call. Let's go to B.D. Williams from SB Nation. Uh, he is a co-host of Tape Don't Lie. And, B.D., we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. And uh, I've been seeing a lot of your work on Twitter, your little breakdowns, and a lot of it has to do with Gus Bradley's defense. And for me, that's been the big elephant in the room all offseason. I refuse to do the low-hanging fruit, will Derek Carr, won't Derek Carr, that stuff. I'm not, I don't <laughs> sign up for that. But this Gus Bradley defense, man, is intriguing to me. Raider Nation's excited about the new coaching hire in Bradley, which, you know, that always happens. Fans are always going to be excited about the new guy because the new guy is the best guy. So what have you seen from Gus Bradley's defense and all your film breakdowns you've done that gets you excited or that you think Raider Nation should be excited about what they'll see from a Gus Bradley-led defense? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. Q, congrats uh, on your new gig here. You're awesome. Appreciate it. Um, what I am excited about for watching Gus Bradley is – he doesn't have a really extensive volume, you know, in his playbook. He focuses on teaching technique. His position coaches are going to teach great technique, situational awareness, um, and the kind of the details that this defense, you know, that we've seen the last few years uh, where they give up, you know, someone's running free on third and long or, you know, the uh, quarterback, you know, scrambles for a, a first down when it's like an in incredible down and distance. Um, we'll see less of that happening or a lot less of that happening with Gus Bradley because he coaches the game and he is, his scheme allows him to do that. What do you think or, or what position group in general do you think may benefit the most from having Gus Bradley as a new defensive coordinator? Uh, well, it's, it's going to be the secondary. You know, okay. He's got a great track record um, building up secondaries with unheralded guys, guys that um, you know, were late-round picks. And then not only that, he brings over you know, an incredibly – uh, experienced veteran secondary coach Ron Milas. You know, uh, his scheme benefits the defensive backs. Ron Milas is tutelage will benefit the defensive backs. 
um, yeah, I think that, that those are going to be the guys that we're going to see make a big jump in this game. Well, Damon, you heard what uh, I said at the beginning of the show. DBs win games, so uh, there you go. BD just said that the DBs are going to win games for the Raiders in 2021. Well, he said their, their position group is going to be a lot better. So uh, that's something to look forward to. And, 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 and BD, you know, we just had Mitch on the phone before you came on, and he was saying about uh, sacks, and he was talking about uh, the Raiders potentially leading the league in sacks. And I know that that would be a huge jump from what they've been doing the past, I don't know, eight or nine, ten years even. But – what uh what what do you what are your expectations from the the front four because I know Gus Bradley doesn't like to to send the house quite a bit so he's one of those guys that expect the front four to get home so you're looking at Max Crosby you're looking at Cleve Furl you're looking at Unique Ngakwe Jonathan Hankins or whoever's playing that D tackle role Solomon Thomas how do you expect uh, that defensive line to adjust to what Gus Bradley and Rod Marinelli want them to do? You know, outside of uh, Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe, you know, holding it down as the bookends rushing the passer the rest of the group um it's just most mostly question marks you know like mm-hmm. solomon thomas struggled to rush the passer when he was uh in san francisco clinton Furl has struggled to rush the passer so far in his career you know um whether it's darius phylon or darius stills or kendall vickers you know you, you name it there's so many guys none we can't say any of these guys are sack masters right so it's a lot of unknowns um, it, the, I mean, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it right now. I'll play the field. The Raiders will not lead the NFL in sacks <laughs> in 2021. Um, you know, Gus Bradley, he blitzes less than any coach in professional football. He likes a four-man rush. He wants his guys not thinking too hard, just playing the scheme. Uh, so he is a relatively vanilla coach when it comes to that. Um, and unless Solomon Thomas, Clean Furl, you know, kind of Vickers, one of these guys steps up in a major way and, you know, solidifies themselves as an interior rusher, um, it, you know, we're talking about mid of the, middle of the pack sacks. Uh, for the for the Raiders. Talking right now with B.D. Williams from SB Nation. You can find him on Twitter at B.D. Williams 18. He's a co-host of the Tape Don't Lie podcast. Does a great job on film breakdown. And you mentioned Max Crosby and, and uh, Unique Ngakwe as bookends as far as edge rushers go. I, I, for one, don't expect them to be on the field all the time together just because there's still a, a, a struggle area as far as the, uh, you know, the stopping the run. But what are your expectations? Do you think that they're going to be on the field quite a bit together? Yeah, so it's actually pretty funny. Gus Bradley, he he really foregoes stopping the run. And it's probably going to drive some Raiders fans mad. You know, uh, unless they're playing the Titans, unless they're playing the Browns, who really like to run the ball, mm-hmm. Vikings, um, you know, the, the small handful of teams that really, really like to, you know, hang their hat on running the ball. Um, for everyone else, he's just going to be rushing the passer the entire time. They're, these defensive ends, like Yannick Ngakwe, yeah. Rugby, they won't even – try to get their hands on the tackle and control them and set the edge they are going to begin into the backfield and creating chaos that's what Gus Bradley likes um which is why he blitzed so so little because right. he's already rushing the passer on early downs so I do I do uh anticipate especially against like the Chiefs say Max Crosby and Unique and Godley will be on the field together a lot in those games you know the games where they need to stop the run yeah Cleveland Furrow will probably get the start or play a lot of uh, a lot of minutes out there as a defensive end but, um, but yeah, so 
they're going to be on the field. They're going to be rushing the passer. That's what Gus Bradley wants. That's a great nugget right there. I mean, really, very good nugget, uh, something I wasn't aware of, so definitely appreciate you bringing that to the table. And that's what Film Study does. That's exactly why we have you on the show, because you've taken that extra dive into what uh, you know just us common folk don't do. You know, We don't go and do that extra film study. So uh, B.D. Williams right now with us on from SB Nation does a great job of breaking down the film and just provided us with a really great nugget to pay attention to as far as Gus Bradley's defense goes. And, you know, uh, you mentioned that the secondary was going to be better. And uh, a lot of folks always say, hey, Gus Bradley, he just runs the cover three scheme. And uh, at some point that becomes so predictable. But he doesn't he's not necessarily married to the cover three scheme all the time. From your film study, what have you noticed about what he runs as far as the, the secondary and the coverage there? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's going to run as much cover three as any coach in the NFL. And he is going to throw in some curveballs. You know, he's going to have some things that really they're going to look like cover three until the very last second. And it's going to make uh, quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, work very hard after the snap when the bolts are flying to figure out if it really is still cover three. So he does a really good job throwing some change-up calls in there um, that are really well disguised. So it'll be cover four, it'll be cover one. Um, so he, he will call other things. It's not just going to be cover three, obviously, especially on third and long. Mm-hmm. He'll get into two high safety looks. Um, but the, really the benefit of having so much cover three is it really narrows down the passing concepts that are going to be thrown at you week in and week out. Um, so the Raiders are going to have a really good idea on how a lot of teams are going to attack them based on their history, their offensive coordinator's history attacking cover three. Um, so it's really going to actually, yeah, you could say the coverage package is limited, but it's also going to limit what the offense does as well. And how much do you think it's going to help that he comes over from the Chargers so he knows Patrick Mahomes, he knows what's going on in Denver. Obviously, he knows the Raiders very well, but just being able to have that uh, you know, that prior history uh, a couple times a year with the AFC West already under his belt, how much do you think that that will help him get these guys up to speed? Oh, he can hit the ground running. He has his game plans already. You know, He has his tendencies. He's got all those things. He doesn't have to throw them in the trash. Um, it's a huge gain, and it's most likely one of the deciding factors on why Gus Bradley got hired uh, was because of his experience in the division. And, uh, you know, speaking of Patrick Mahomes, he has some really good uh, defensive performances, some games called against Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, in week two of last year, Patrick Mahomes really struggled to complete the ball on third and long, um, and, you know, he held him to 23 points. And in a game that, you know, was it was very close, it came down to the wire, and the Chargers almost had a chance of winning that in week two of last year. Right, absolutely. We're talking right now with B.D. Williams from SB Nation on Twitter. You can find him at B.D. Williams 18, Unnecessary Roughness here, Raider Nation Radio 920. And Damon Arnett, he's been a, a guy that a lot of people have talked about. They bring in Casey Hayward. Obviously, he's very familiar with Gus Bradley and the scheme. How can Gus Bradley, how can Ron Miles get Damon Arnett up to speed after a, you know, a rocky rookie year for multiple reasons, but get him up to speed so he could be a big contributor on this defense yeah i think you know it's really tough to know what we have in any of these young guys on defense you know um the quality of coaching has just gone up so much in terms of just teaching the actual game of football uh the techniques that are required to play so you know for, for damon arnett that's something that i watched from him on on film it's just a lot of inconsistent techniques sometimes he's doing the right thing sometimes he's not and there's just no rhyme or reason to it. So, you know, being with Ron Miles, being with Casey Hayward, mm-hmm. is going to just help Damon Arnett see what it takes to be a pro, being consistent in your craft week in and week out. 
And that's going to be the biggest thing for Damon Arnett. And, and BD, now, when you look at, at film and you study film, and I said this at the beginning of the show, you know, coaches have a lot of areas where it's like, man, that's great. They do some good things there. But there's also holes in, in every coach's scheme, offensively and defensively. And so Gus Bradley is no different. When you look at the film, when you see his defense on a, on a week-to-week basis, where do you feel like the biggest weakness is when it comes to what Gus Bradley wants to do? Okay, so really, there's a, there's, so there's a couple things. Okay. This scheme is really dependent on a really good, strong safety in coverage. Okay. Um, and that's going to be Jonathan Abrams' role. Okay, so if Jonathan Abrams can play up to where, you know, his building was being a first-round draft pick, then I think the scheme should do all right. But if Jonathan Abrams continues to struggle with his discipline, with his availability, leaving where he needs to be covering to go try to do someone else's job, it's going to break this scheme. So I I really truly believe that this defense is going to go as far as Jonathan Abrams takes it. I know a lot of people are down on Jonathan Abrams, so they might not want to hear that. Uh, but, it, yeah, like if you have a great strong safety in this scheme, you could have a great defense. If you have a below-average strong safety in this scheme, you'll have a below-average defense. It really comes down to that. And is, as far as you're talking about Jonathan Abram, is that you talking about him playing up in the box or you know closer to the box like, like many people anticipate, or is that almost playing yeah. the, the, t- the typical? Okay, so it is that. It is him playing up there like a Cam Chancellor role. Yeah. You know, and this defense has evolved since, the Seattle days, you know, obviously the way that offenses attack it. Um, so it's not going to be necessarily a pure Cam Chancellor role. They have changed some things that the Strong City has done over the years. Um, you know, so he's not going to be probably down in the box as much as we're thinking, yeah. but definitely coming forward in coverage. All right, there it is. That's great stuff right there. Great breakdown. And I think we could probably talk about 15, 20 more minutes, but uh, DeMond might cut my mic off and not let me have it like that. So uh, I got to listen to the boss around here. So he say break, I got to break. But BD, great stuff, man. Uh, BD Williams, 18 on Twitter uh, from SB Nation, also co-host of uh, Tape Don't Lie. What do you got coming out that folks should be on the lookout for? Um, I got an article coming out tomorrow about uh, Gus Bradley's track record stopping scrambling quarterbacks. Mm. Um, so keep a lookout for that. It's on Silver and Black Pride. You can read my work. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Hugh. You're awesome, man. Hey, no doubt about it. And please believe this won't be the last time, my man. We'll definitely get you back on uh, real soon to talk some more uh, film breakdowns, all, all areas of the team. Yes, sir. Holla at me. Done deal, done deal. There he goes. BD Williams, SB Nation, again on Twitter, at BD Williams 18. Great stuff right there. Uh, hey, you know, no pressure, but he said this defense is going to go as far as Jonathan Abram goes. I mean, that's, that's again, no pressure, but that's a hell of a statement, you know, because I think Jonathan Abram would tell you his first two years in the league have been um, not, they've been underwhelming. They haven't been what he wants, live up to the standard that he's trying to set for himself. And he's got a lot of work to do. This is a big year for him. We've said it multiple times. Very, very interesting stuff right there from B.D. Williams. Definitely thank him and appreciate his time. Uh, let's see. What time is it? 3.44 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. I know we got a couple of good callers on the line. Dave and then Raider27. We'll get to both of your calls before we wrap up the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. So just got a couple more minutes left in today's show. Was going to get to the conversation that I had on Saturday evening with the Violator, with Gorilla Rilla, and Senor Raider. 
but I ain't going to have no time. <laughs> we just ran out of time. So I'm going to pass that interview on to Vinny Bonsignor when he comes up for In the Huddle. But his show is short because of uh, Aviator Baseball going up against Salt Lake, the Bees. First pitch is at 535. So his show is going to be short. So I'm not guaranteeing he's going to be able to play it then. It might just be one of those website you know, exclusives, lvsportsnetwork.com. Go ahead and check it out. I put it on the podcast today, Locked On Raiders podcast. So, I mean, you know, it's there. But I'd rather run out of time and still have plenty of stuff to talk about and stuff to go over than be sitting here looking at DeMond like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> Ran out everything to talk about for the day. that ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. Please believe that. I might ask Vinny for an extra hour. Hey, Vinny, man, you want, can I borrow one of your hours? <laughs> I'll get back later. <laughs> but no, I'm glad to, and excited to uh, hear Vinny back. He's back from vacation. He'll be back on the airwaves here from 4 to about 5.15. Uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. He'll be coming up next. Got a couple of uh, really good calls that I want to get to. I also wanted to pass this along, and everyone at Raider Nation is going to give a, a big old happy hell yeah. The Cardinals have signed free agent defensive back Daryl, I get burnt all the time, Worley. And everyone in Raider Nation right now just said, oh, yeah. That means he's not returning to the silver and black. I just got a text from my guy, Alex Clancy, who does uh, the Lock on, Locked On Cardinals show. And he said, thoughts on Daryl Worley. And I said, well, look, dog, I'm, not trying, to, I'm not, trying to, not trying to dog a man who's in the league because he did something to get to the league. But that dude got – that dude, no, seriously, man, that guy gets burnt quite a bit. He gets burnt a lot. I know anyone in Raider Nation knows Daryl Worley, when he's out there on the field, you get concerned. Now, listen, no disrespect to this man. I know. You always, uh, I hate when I say it, start something <laughs> off like that because then it sounds like I'm really going to disrespect someone. You know, you know, you got to have skills to make it to the NFL. You do. You know, you got to have skills. You do. But <laughs> you also got to have st- skills to stay in the NFL. And for some reason, he's st- he stuck around, but he's not the. For some reason, I don't know what it is. I, I'm, hey, look, I just called how I see it. Maybe he's a good locker room guy. Uh, yeah, maybe. He's a glue guy. <laughs> 702-365-9200. Let's quickly go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to Dave. You're uh, on Unnecessary Roughness. What's your mind, my man? I'm doing good, man. Great show. I'm up here in Bill's country in Rochester, New York, so I love hearing my talk about the Raiders, man. It's good stuff. So Thank you. i got to dive right into this, though, man. This is going to be a little bit of a therapeutic call because i got a serious pet peeve here, man. So yesterday I see the tweet from Vinny saying the Raiders got Three rookies starting out on the physically unable to perform list. Look, mm-hmm. I want to be very, I want to be very, very clear about where I'm coming from for this. I'm not panicked whether or not I can be ready for week one. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm looking at this. This to me is my biggest pet peeve every single year to the point where it's borderline annoying, man. You are a 20 to 21 year old kid. Your last college game. Let's go to Divine Diablo, okay? I don't know because I'd have to look this up. But I don't really know when Virginia Tech's last game was. I have to imagine they weren't bowl eligible, so it had to have been early December at the latest. My man, how are you not ready to go by the time camp rolls around in August? Like, to me, it goes back to Gary and Conley, Obi Melifonmu. Like, dude, you're 20 years old. How, and then I saw Vinny tweeted while well, he was battling some injuries during minicamp. How? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, unless. Unless something happened in your last college game that was very significant to me, I, I, it, it, to me it just makes no sense. Then I see like Darius Stills post the things that don't worry, Raider Nation, I'll be back soon. Dude, I get it. I'm not even worried about that. It's the point, dude. This is this is your. I loved how Derek Carr worded it when he got drafted. This is your profession now. This is your career. I work in education. I'm, I'm an assistant principal. Where I work up here. I got hired a couple years ago. 
Dude, I was coming into the school district weeks before my start date because you meet the people in your district. You meet the stakeholders and stuff. Right. Like, dude, you are you are a 20-year-old kid. You're in the prime of your life. How are you not ready to practice day one? I, I You have access to the greatest trainers. Like, dude, if you're in the weight room going too hard and you strain something, tell the trainer, dude. Like, you, how you're not ready to go day one just perplexes me to know. And it, it, honestly, man, it's therapeutic calling you. I, I appreciate you hearing me vent it out. But it's so maddening to me that a 20-year-old kid between December and August can't be ready to go by day one. I, I don't get it, my man. I, I, I don't get it. I turn it over to you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good call, Dave. And, and I love the passion. I love the energy. I'm glad you were able to get it out. You got your woosaw on. And uh, Devon Diablo, Vinny's right. He did suffer, I believe, it was either a knee injury or a lower leg injury in OTAs. It was something John Gruden mentioned in one of his final pressers before they broke for summer. He said, we're hoping to get him back before uh, training camp starts. So, yeah, he's on the the uh, active, physically unable to perform list, along with Isaiah Johnson. And honestly, Dave, I'd be more concerned about Isaiah Johnson because this is a recurring theme. This is his third year in the league, and every single year going into training camp or immediately into training camp, going all the way back to his rookie year, he's been somewhat hobbled and banged up. And sometimes, man, when you're injury prone, and I had a coach tell me this one time, Q, if you're injury prone, you're just going to be injury prone. That's just kind of who you are. Also, the Raiders placed on the non-football illness list. Devery Hamilton, ta- tackle out of Duke. I don't know what that means. It's not COVID because that would be health and, and uh, safety protocols. So that's that's that. And then you mentioned Darius Steeles. He's on the non-football injury list. He did tweet out that he's 100. He also uh, exchanged uh, messages with me on Twitter last night. And he said, hey, I'm not going to get into when I'm going to be ready to perform, but I'll be ready for camp. So I think that all is good on that front, and that's a guy I'm excited about. I think he's going to contribute to the Raiders at some point, not necessarily saying this year, but I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to be in the long haul uh, for the future of the Raiders. Now, quickly, let's go back out. One more call. Raider 27, you're on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q, I had to get in here and say welcome back on the air. It's so nice to hear your voice again. Thank you. I really, I, I try to have substantive calls, but... I kind of got in on the end, and, and I just wanted to make sure you knew that uh, I really – it's going to be hard for me to schedule my fishing around your time slot. <laughs> I so, hear you. But I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll get it done, whether i got to take my earbuds out on or <laughs> you know, um You have D.D. Williams on. Um, I want to tell everybody listening, if you guys are not on YouTube, subscribed and listening to Tape Don't Lie – with Mark and uh, BD, you, you're really missing out. These guys are tape junkies. Mm-hmm. They explain exactly what's going on in terms that are very easy to understand. So it's not like they're not trying to act like they're smart. They're not trying to act like, oh, well, we're, this is, we're experts, and this is how you'll know we're experts. They're like, let's teach you about the game so you know what you're watching when you go to a game. Right. Especially when you watch a game on football, you know what you're seeing. I've been watching a lot of 49ers, Seahawks, and Chargers, mm. all 22, because I want to know what I'm looking at when I see the games. Yeah. You know, and BD and Mark do an amazing job. And I mean, when, when there's nothing going on, they were entertaining. They were digging the bottom of the barrel, scraping stuff out that was funny and entertaining and knowledgeable. So I just mainly wanted to give a big shout-out to BD and Mark. Those guys are great. And you guys should be following those guys because that's 
they they are laying down information every day. Perfect, perfect. Thank, thank you, Raider 27, for that call. And you're right, and that's why I have BD on, man, because he does a great job of something I don't do. I don't do the film breakdown, but I know uh, people that do, and he's one of them. He does a great job of it, like you mentioned. Tape Don't Lie, really good show. Uh, I'm definitely going to have him on more often. I'm actually going to try to get him in and, and lock him in as a, as a weekly guest, and we could talk about all elements of the team like we did today. We talked all things defense. We'll get to the offensive line. We'll get to the, you know, to the, to the wide receivers, the running game. I mean, there's a lot to get to, so I'm definitely going to try to lock him in as a weekly guest. I appreciate that. Tomorrow I'll be live uh, from Raider Nation or from from the Raiders headquarters there in Henderson. John Gruden will be talking at 1245. I'll be there live for that and then boom, tell you all the takeaways. Of course, we'll have more great guests on the show uh, including Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He'll join the show. Excited about that. But right now I'm going to pass the sticks on. My guy Vinny Bonsignor, he's going to hold it down. He's back, baby! In the huddle, 4 o'clock on the dot to about 515 and then making way for Aviators Baseball. So without further ado, uh, I'm out. Vinny's up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.